The little lamb was the lamb of God. Amen. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Luke chapter 2. Luke gives probably the clearest, most in-depth account of the birth of Jesus. We find also some of that found in Matthew. We find some great truths that really are in Luke chapter 2, other than, you know, we overlook some things sometimes. There's, I, the Lord has never put anything in the Bible just to have it there. There's always a reason. There's always a purpose. And He has a desire for us to dig into the riches that He has. And I want us to look at something this morning here that it stares us in the face every time we read this portion and stares us in the face even as we drive through the communities and turn on the radio and different things, and uh, we'll point that out in a minute. Let's begin reading verse 1. It says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into the Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into the heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told Unto them. If you look back with me in verse 10, be our text. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Then over in Matthew, we read again the response of the wise men as they came into the presence of Jesus Christ because of the star. In verse 9 and 10, it says, When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came to, and stood over the young child or where the young child was. 
When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. The reason that I used both of these verses as a text this morning is because of the fact that it says great joy. We find here that the angels give them good tidings of great joy. We find that the uh, wise men were excited because of the star and because of coming into the presence of the Lord with exceeding great joy. I'd like to preach to you this morning great joy. And let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. Our hope and our desire is, is that Jesus Christ will be magnified. Lifted up, exalted, as he already has been in song. Now, Lord, I pray through the preaching, the, the reading of thy word, that hearts will be moved, Lord, to lift you up. Lord, that as we look at this of great joy, that there would be great joy in the hearts and lives of every person here today and those who are watching by live stream. Lord, I pray that you would touch and that you'd encourage and you would strengthen us. Lord, there's a day, this day and time. This world needs to see your people with great joy. I pray now, Lord, that you just bless, save the lost, encourage the saved, and Lord, be glorified in all that's done. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. As you look around this time of year, you'll see many signs and cards and light displays that will say joy or joy to the world or, or rejoice. And we see that all around us. And it's not just from those who are saved, not just from those who go to church. And there's people that I know of that uh, around us that don't go to church. And I've seen other places and they'll have the, the nativity that's made where it says joy and has a nativity uh, cut out into the center of the O. And, and those people don't even go to church. You see how they say, some of them are, some of them aren't. There's something about this time of year that we, we hear the word joy, we hear the word rejoicing, and, and many times you'll, I've seen and drove by businesses where they'll have uh, Santa Claus, but then they'll have a nativity, but they'll have joy uh, painted on the windows, cards going out of people who, who don't go to church, darken the doors of church, and yet they'll say on their joy. And they look at that and they see that. We find, you know, pretty well, and, and I understand this time of year, sometimes it, for the, for the most part, I'll be honest with you, most people have great joy or there's a joy in them about this time of year as they hear the songs, as they see uh, the lights and so forth. And I understand that, that uh, there are a few out there that uh, this is a difficult time of year for them. And some of them because of possibly grumbling about the, how busy it is and the extra load that they may feel. But generally, most are, are pretty joyful and enjoy this time of year. Oh, you'll find a few Grinches. You'll find a few, few Scrooges out there. But basically, most are with a lot of joy. I believe that there's a lot of joy that's misplaced. I think it's misplaced a lot of times. But I do believe that the fact that you see in here, even in our day, a lot of about the birth of our Savior, even from the lost world. During a period of time that, you know, this period, this period of time, you'll actually find people more receptive of giving them a gospel track. Maybe it's a Christmas track or whatever, or even inviting them to church. They may not come, but they seem to be more receptive, a little more open to it. You talk about Christ being born, they're a little more open to it. Uh, there seems to be a little bit more about the joy uh, that they are experiencing during this time. I believe that the Lord was true to His Word. 
As he sent the angels to declare this, the, the tidings of great joy. And I believe even during this time of year that it touches the hardened and lost world that, that won't receive Jesus as Savior. Uh, come, come the day after Christmas, it's, it's as usual. It's back to business as usual and they care not about the things of God. But there's something about this time of year where you find a little bit more joy in the hearts and lives. And I believe it's because of the Word of God. And what God did in sending His Son into the world, I believe it was a promise. You see, the angel brought tidings of great joy. Uh, though many, as I said, their joy is misplaced on things and parties and festivities, the angels, what they declared, still rings true today. Look at that again. Verse 10 says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. But notice there it says, Which will be to all people. It wasn't sent just to you and me. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the fact is that there's great joy. These tidings uh, of great joy are tidings of the love of God. What we don't understand is when those angels stepped out of heaven and they begin to declare this, uh, uh, I bring you good tidings of great joy, they were declaring the love of God to you and me. They were declaring the love of God during that period of time when so many things were, were difficult. They were looking for the Messiah. And yet so many times today, hey, listen, people are, are struggling. And yet those tidings of great joy is about the love of God. Amen. Notice there he said, fear not. There's hope. That hope is the one which came to, that came into the world. His, his birth was announced. John 3, 16 for, says, for God so loved. The world that He gave His only begotten Son. The love is attached to the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As we sit here this morning, the love that you feel in your heart from God was attached when Jesus Christ came into that manger. As He was born of a virgin, as God sent His Son into the world. For God so loved the world that He gave. And so it was attached. There, that good tidings that the angels, it was attached to that, the love of God. We might experience and know that love of God in sending His Son into the world. That we might have eternal life. These joyous tidings were the message of the birth of our Savior. The, the one that would be the Savior of the world. Notice there it says in verse 11, it says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. What a great joy this is, not only to the shepherds. The shepherds were looking for the Messiah. They were looking for the, one that, the promised one that would come. But it's also for you and I that we would have great joy in knowing that we have a Savior. Do you realize what you have if you, if you know Jesus Christ as your, as your Lord and Savior? You have eternal life. You have your sins forgiven. You have your sins washed away. Now, you no longer stand in account for those sins that, where you have sinned. They have been washed away by the precious blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Do we realize what we have when we say that Jesus Christ came into the world as the Savior? Not just as a babe in a manger, but the Savior. He was sent into the world unto us as born a Savior. And my friend this morning, understand that without that Savior, we have no hope. We have no hope. And yet, it should bring joy to your heart. When you're down, one of the best things you can do is think about what God did for you. Saving your soul. When things are going the wrong way, think about what went the right way when you received Jesus Christ as your Savior. When it seems like there's no one around that cares, there's one that cared enough to come and die on a cross for you so that you could have eternal life. It's Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Savior of the world. 
when it seems like you're all alone and nobody's around, the Savior's there. He said that He'd never leave us, never forsake. He's right there with you. Oh, there should be great joy in our hearts when we think about the Lord sending these tidings of great joy, which included salvation through Jesus Christ this morning. If you've never been saved, if you've never come to a place in your life where you realize that you're a sinner and that you can't make it to heaven on your own. My friend, can I tell you this morning that the Lord sent His Son into the world not to just be a babe in the manger, but to go to Calvary and die in your place and my place, shed His precious blood on Calvary, sinless blood. He had never sinned, never done anything wrong. He's the very Son of God, sinless blood, died for you and me, rose again the third day from that tomb. And because He lives, we can live also. Right. Now, my friend, it's great joy. I remember that time when I got saved in 1975. Well, I'll tell you what, there was just something about when I'd received Jesus Christ, my Savior, there was a joy in my heart. There was a load that was lifted. There was a stirring in my soul, and there was a great joy knowing that I had eternal life. These tidings of great joy brings hope to all who will receive the gift of His Son. No, sir, it says, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. But no, sir, it says, which shall be to all people. You see, there's those today who would say, well, not everybody can be saved. That's not true. That's not true. Those who will receive Jesus Christ will be saved. But those who reject Jesus Christ will not be saved. There's those out there that it's called Calvinism that believe that God picks and chooses who's going to be saved. But my friend, the Bible does not bear that out. He said that he would that none should perish, but that all Come to repentance. As we sit here this morning, I said, okay, I want all of you to go out that door. Does that leave anybody behind? No, that means all of us to go out that door. When Jesus Christ came, He came that all might be saved, that none should perish. That doesn't leave anybody behind other than those who reject. The only one thing that it would be, if I said, everybody go out that door, I want all of you out that door. And I look around and, and there's one still sitting here, one still sitting there, and one over there, and one over there, and one over there. And I'm going to say, hey, listen, I want all of you out. And they say, I'm not going. That's why it is with salvation. He came that all. But then you have a choice whether you're going to get up from there and go out that door or what we're talking about, whether you're going to admit that you need Christ as your Savior and ask Him to forgive you your sin, repent of your sins and come into your heart and life and save you. Well, preacher, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to be good. <coughs> preacher, we don't all have to go out the door. I can sit here. I can, I'll still be fine. I'll be good. I'll, I'll, you know. No, the building's on fire. And if you sit there, you're going to burn. All. But when we think about the good tidings, it came to all men. You say, well, preacher, what about somebody like Hitler? Yes. He, has, he had the opportunity to get saved. You say, well, preacher, what about the, what about the Muslims who, who say that they believe in, in Muhammad and, and that they believe in, in all these other... Yeah, he came for them also. What about, what about those who, and, that believe in, in Buddha? Yes, he came for them too. And they have an opportunity to receive Christ as their Savior. He said all. There's none that he left out. He would that all would be saved. He said he, the good tidings came to all men. 
Notice it says, great joy with uh, good tidings of great joy, shall, which shall be to all people. In 2 uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 9, I quoted the latter part. It says, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It was a promise of God, promise of salvation. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 says, Who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. These tidings bring great joy and hope because it came to all. These tidings bring great joy because of the mercy that is interwoven in the tidings. Mercy to all mankind. Mercy in judgment. Mercy that brings forgiveness for sins. Mercy in the patience and long-suffering of our Lord. Mercy in, in, in not throwing us away when we fail Him. It was interwoven and within it. In Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that were not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The mercies of God. When God sent His Son into the world, and those good tidings came, they were tidings of mercy. If you today were to go before a judge and you had some, some uh, uh, criminal charge against you and you were guilty and the judge looks at it and says, I'm going to set you free. I'm going to wipe away the record. I want you to go out and do what's right. That would be mercy. In those good tidings was great joy because with joy, you'd be joyous. You'd be joyous. If the governor, if you had been convicted of something and was preparing to go to prison, or maybe you was already in, uh, sent to, to prison and the governor, he signed a pardon for you. You were guilty, but he signed a pardon for you. That's mercy. Do you realize that that good tidings of great joy was mercy for you and me? Well, I'll tell you what, you'd get out of that jail, you'd, get, you'd, you'd be joyous, you'd be happy, you'd be excited. My friend, there ought to be great joy in our hearts this morning if we know Jesus Christ our Savior because there was a, a mercy that was interwoven into those great, good, uh, those great tidings of, of great... Tidings of great joy that was sent to us. We find also there was great joy in the seeing of God's salvation. There's something about when you see something, it makes a difference. You can hear about something. You can read about something. But there's nothing like seeing it. Nothing like experiencing it. There's been a few places that I've been, that I've read about before. And I'd seen some pictures. But it wasn't near as good as when I was there and seen it myself. You see, there was great joy in seeing God's salvation. There was great joy in the hearts of the shepherds when they went and saw the Savior. At verse 20 there it says, And the shepherds returned, and notice what they did glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. 
As they heard it, as they seen, they rejoiced. They had great joy. They glorified God. They praised the Lord for the, the great thing. Oh, my soul, I think about you and I. We got salvation through Jesus Christ. There ought to be great joy in our hearts this morning because we've seen the change in our hearts. We've seen the change in our desire to serve God. We see the change. We know that one day we'll stand before Him. One day in heaven for throughout all eternity and we'll be with Him forever and ever and ever. There ought to be great joy because of what we've seen. Likewise, the, the wise men, there was great joy with the wise men that was led by the star that came into the, into the presence of the Son of God. Matthew 2 and verse 10 and 11 says they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they came and when they come in the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. When he had opened and they had opened their, their treasures, they presented him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. But there was also great joy when Simeon, a devout man of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, had come upon him as he waited for the Messiah. He saw Jesus the Savior on the eighth day after his birth in the temple. And Luke 2 and verse 26 says, And it was revealed unto him, talking about Simeon here, by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before that he had seen the Lord's Christ. He came by the, and he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms, and he blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. He rejoiced. He had great joy because uh, he had seen the salvation of the Lord. He took in his hands. Can you imagine Simeon? He'd been waiting and, and God had made him a promise that he wouldn't die until he had seen the Messiah. And not only did he see the Messiah, but he took up the Messiah, Jesus Christ, in his arms and he held him up and he gave God praise and he thanks God. He said, because mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Well, I'll tell you what great joy ought to come in our hearts and lives when we see people receive Christ as their Savior. Well, when somebody hits that altar and asks the Lord Jesus Christ into their hearts and lives, there ought to be joy in our hearts that lifts up the Lord and magnifies Him. Too often today, somebody gets saved and we're like, well, that's good. But boy, when we see the salvation of the Lord, we ought to praise God and we ought to thank the Lord and we ought to lift Him up with great joy. At the same time, when Simeon was there, there was a, a lady come in that came in. Her name was Anna. She was a prophetess of God. And seeing the Savior was fulfilled with great joy. She was filled with great joy for the salvation of God. In Luke 2 and verse 38, it says, And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of Him to all them that looked for the redemption of, 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 in Jerusalem. She seen Him. Her eyes were fastened upon Him. You see, all those who have ever received the, the gift of God, salvation through His Son, Jesus Christ, have been filled with great joy. They've seen the change. They've seen what Jesus Christ can do. There's a change that should be in our lives, and we ought to see it. But we ought to see the salvation of the Lord with great joy. We ought to thank God for His salvation. You know, a lot of our songs that we sing in the hymnals, and it do you good sometimes, and you can... Now you can Google, Google them and everything and find out all kinds of things about songs. Who wrote them, when they were wrote, 
A lot of times even stories behind the writing of them. Now there's a lot of them today, the modern stuff. There's no real story behind them. But most of those songs and those hymnals have a story behind them. A reason they were wrote. Many of it is because of tragedies that they went through. Many of those, those songs that you will see in those hymnals were written through tragedies and struggles in people's lives. I think of many of the songs in that book that were written by Fanny Crosby, a lady that was blind from birth. Oh my soul, how we ought to realize that, how important it is, those songs that, that come from the heart. There's a lot of stories. There's a song in our hymnals that we sing that Many times we sing it and only this time of year and there's a, song, there's a story behind it. The song is, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. You see, this song was, was a song that was written long ago. It says, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along thy unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. That song was written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Henry Long, Longsworth, I can't even say it, Mr. Longfellow there, had, was going through a difficult time. Our nation was going through a difficult time. It was the beginning of the Civil War. His wife died. Her dress caught on fire in their house, and she burned and died. Not long after that, his son, Charles, run away from home and joined the military, President Lincoln's military. Fought alongside those other soldiers, was a great soldier and done great things. When long he come down with typhoid and malaria, they had to send him home. He went home and he recovered and quickly went back to fight. He was in the battle and he'd missed some of the bigger battles, and, but he was in one of the battles and he got shot in the shoulder, but the bullet went through and, and nicked his, his spine and, and practically paralyzed him and they was afraid that he would be completely paralyzed. They sent him back. He was taken into a church there where they worked with him and stabilized him. Then on December the 1st, he was moved to a different place. On December the, 8th, or December the 1st, his dad uh, came. Uh, Henry uh, Wadsworth Longfell came to get his son. As he took Charlie home on the 8th, he sat beside his bed and he nursed him and back to health. 
And on Christmas Day, he was bemoaning all that had taken place and all that was happening. You see, Henry felt it, and he began to vent his feelings in, the, in a carol that can only be understood with the backdrop of a war. That's where that song was written from. As he looked at the, what was going on, losing his wife, his son being shot, the war that was tearing the continent apart. He began to write those. In fact, there's two stanzas that's not even in the hymnals anymore. They're about the cannons firing in the south and the hatred that, of different ones of this nation hating one another. Those two stanzas have been removed from most of those songs and the hymnals. The poet drops his head in despair and, and as he drops his head, he hears those Christmas bells ring on Christmas Day. The bells remind him that the Lord who brought joy to every man and he's reminded that God is not asleep but still on the throne. Great joy even in some of the most difficult times. In, in, uh, back, if you go back even into, into 1914 in World War I on Christmas Day as the, as as the Germans were fighting against Britain, on Christmas Day, all of a sudden, there was a, a truce. It was not a designed truce. It was not looked at as something that anybody had set up. But for some reason, on Christmas Day, 1914, all the shooting stopped. It became eerily quiet. Then all of a sudden, they begin to hear hymns being sung from the German trenches. They looked out across the no man's land. And one by one, the Germans begin to come out of those trenches, walking across no man's land towards Britain's trenches. They first thought it was a trick. And as they watched, they noticed that there was no guns or anything with the Germans. They began to cry out in the British language, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. One by one, the British army began to come out of their trenches. They say that they even come together, shook hands, shared cigarettes and, and pudding and different things, that very little that they had with one another. They even got together a little game of soccer and played soccer out there in that no man's land for a day on Christmas Day in one of the most tragic wars. The joy that was proclaimed, those good tidings by those angels so many years before had settled on a battlefield. Why? Because a Savior, Christ the Lord, was born. And oh, for just a little time there was a joy about that birth, even on a battlefield. They say that they took time to drag the bodies of those who had fallen at no man's land back and bury and take care of that. 
They took and they set up Christmas trees and did what they could to decorate them. Why? Because with Jesus Christ, when he came into the world, he said there's great joy. Doesn't matter what you're going through. Doesn't matter what's happening in the world. There was a promise of great joy to all man. Oh, what joy there will be when one day we'll see our Savior face to face. The Bible says, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. But let us not forget the joy that we can experience now. The joy of salvation, ours and the salvation of others. Even in heaven, there's great joy over just one sinner getting saved. And Luke 15, 10 says, Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Joy. We have a God of joy. Christian, why do we sit with our lip hung down to the floor and in the mully grubs and we complain and we, we have a, a God of great joy? We have joy when we receive Christ as our Savior. There's joy in the peace of God that comes as we live for Him and magnify Him in our lives. 1 Peter uh, 1.8 says, whom, he, whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see Him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the joy that can be experienced as we live for Him and serve Him now. Experiencing Him in our lives right now. Christian, there's no reason not to have great joy. This world needs to see that great joy in your life and my life. Joy is not made with money. Joy is not made with, with, with things. Joy, I'm talking about real joy, everlasting joy. Joy that can't be taken away. It's not made by this world. It came from heaven. My friend, it's something that this world cannot take away from us. We just got to realize what we got. There's people that look and I'm sure that none of you ever did this to a gift. <laughs> and you still can't figure it out. I used to like to take because I knew Janine did that. So I put stuff in there that rattled, rolled around, did all kinds of things. You put stuff in there. Not supposed to be shaking it. <laughs> then sometimes I'd take and I'd pack it so where nothing shook, no sound. What'd you do? Yeah, there ain't anything in that. <laughs> But then you open up that gift and you see what's inside. Do you want what's needed today in Christians' lives? Open up that gift of great joy and begin to enjoy the Lord. He brought us good tidings of great joy that we might have joy.
not just in eternity, but now. Then in closing, we should lift up our voices in joy to the Lord for His great gift. Isaac Watts wrote a song that's in our hymnals also. It's called Joy to the World. He wrote it in 1719. It was his interpretation of a Bible verse. Here's the Bible verse. Psalm 98 and verse 4, he says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. As he read Psalms 98, he is told that he, as he read Psalm 98, 4, he pondered the, the real reason for singing joyfully unto the Lord. And he realized it's because the Messiah, the Redeemer of all mankind, had come to redeem us. You see, our joy to the Lord should be given more than just at Christmas. It should be at every day of our lives. We should lift up our praise to Him with great joy. You see, what this world needs today is to experience this great joy, which was given as good tidings by the angels that night in that field of those shepherds so long ago. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Oh, this morning, if you don't have this joy, it's yours for taking. It's yours if you'll receive Jesus Christ. It's yours if you'll just put your trust and faith in Him. Can I tell you, when you find Him, attached to Him is the good tidings of great joy. Let's pray. Father, we come to You and we thank You for that great joy. Let us be mindful. Let us never forget these tidings of great joy. Day in, day out, troubles, happy times, day and night, stormy weather or beautiful weather. In life and in death, let there be joy. Joy that's based upon these good tidings that unto us a Savior is born, Jesus Christ the Lord. Bless now, Lord, have your will and way in this invitation. There may be somebody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. May they come and let me take a Bible and show them how to be saved. And then this morning there may be Christians here that are going through difficult times and struggles. And it seems as though the joy has got wrapped up and covered. Oh, Lord, may they come and find a place to unwrap that joy and let it come across their hearts. Oh, Lord, may we lift you up and praise you and be joyful of the great salvation in your Son, Jesus Christ. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning with your heads bowed?